0: episode 98 of the aggressive progressive podcast i don't i don't miss him at all let's start the show
1: we are now the defenders of the stronghold democracy and of equal opportunity
0: you and i as citizens have the obligation to shape the debates of our time The former guy was back at CPAC over the weekend, or or better known as T-PAC, or I I don't even know what to call it. Uh, I I mean, he he basically was like an old one-hit wonder rock band playing a small club and throwing out his greatest hits, right? It was just more of the same, and I don't miss him at all. I, I didn't even really watch the whole thing. I watched a little bit of it. i uh I watched a few minutes of it. the grievances, the complaints about Republicans who turned against him. Give me a break. You know, they've put off the announcement of whether or not he's going to run again in in 2024 until 2022 after the after the midterms. That's because he wants to continue the grift for the next two years or 18 months or so. He wants to continue to grift. He wants to continue to raise money to his leadership pack without having to start a federal committee. And he wants to steal money from you if you're one of the people who support that pack. That's the whole that's the whole point of it, right? There's no there's no reason for him not to announce right now if he really wanted to just raise money as a presidential candidate with the guidelines that come with it. All of the money he's raising right now goes to a leadership pack. It's completely unaccountable. There's no limits. There's no no limits on what he could spend it on. It's just a grift. It's just a big grift. The funniest part to me, and I tweeted this out over the weekend, was watching them wheel in the golden statue of the former guy. And worse, watching evangelicals pray over it. I'm sorry. These are people who are supposed to be students of the gospel and students of the Bible. And I do recall... Uh, A golden calf or two being worshipped and uh, the Ten Commandments. I think the first one is no other god before me, but it appears to me that attendees, at least of CPAC, were perfectly happy worshipping a golden idol of the former guy. So uh, good riddance. I don't miss you. I'm really happy that most people didn't cover it. I'm not going to spend too much time on it myself. Because I think it's a complete waste of time. But I do think it's hilarious uh, that the the one thing I want to point out, and this has been pointed out. I pointed it out on Fox if you saw me on Monday, and I'll point it out again right now. They did a straw poll, and only 68% of people at CPAC, which was basically a celebration of the former guy, all of the, 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 the meetings were about the former guy, all of the info sessions, they have all breakout sessions at CPAC. It was all about you know, his policies and how great he was. Only 68% want him to run again in 2024. Now, that doesn't mean that the 32% that don't want him to run won't vote for him if he's a nominee, but I do think maybe 10, 15% of them wouldn't. And if you're losing 10 or 15% at CPAC, you got a real problem. Right, you got a real problem with with electability going down the road. Uh, you know, again, I don't think there's a civil war in the Republican Party. I think uh, Trump won that war, and Trumpism will remain the calling card of whatever the GOP is in the years to come. But I think that there are ten to fifteen percent of them that can't be part of that anymore. There are ten to fifteen percent, maybe twenty percent, of Republicans in this country who just can't stomach what's going on, and In 2022, we'll see where they go. We'll see if they show up. We'll see if they are, you know, actively engaged in Republican politics in 2022. And that will be where the rubber meets the road. I think it's going to be hard for Democrats to hold on to the House of Representatives because the Republicans control too many state legislatures that will be doing too much gerrymandering over the next year as it's a redistricting year. And I think they could find six seats just by doing that. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see where this goes. As for the you know the rest of the next two years, Democrats got to make the most of it, and I'm already starting to see issues with that. Uh, this uh, 1.9 trillion dollar COVID relief package, which we've been talking about a lot on this program and on my radio show and other uh, forums where I am heard, whether it be Occupy Democrats, uh, or my Twitter feed at Christopher Hahn or my my syndicated radio show, Christopher Hahn show, the Chris Hahn show, I'm sorry. Um, you know, I, I, look, two Democrats walked away from it in the House. I don't know that any Democrats will walk away from it in the Senate. I think you might even get a Republican or two to vote for it in the Senate. The American people want this relief. They want this relief and they want this package to be large, like the one that the Democrats have proposed, like Joe Biden has proposed. President Biden has proposed. But I think we got to do more. I think we've got to get this John Lewis Voting Rights Act passed because if we don't, the Republicans will use whatever lever they can to suppress votes, to gerrymander votes, to keep the majority in the minority when it comes to the power structure in this country. Right now, the majority is actually ruling this country. Democrats have majority in the House and barely in the Senate, and they have the presidency, so the majority is in control. But for the Republicans' hold on the courts, we would be in complete control having majority rule in this country. The Democrats have to make it easier for people to vote and harder for Republicans to suppress the vote and to gerrymander over the next year and a half. They will not have another opportunity after that for a very long time. Because the Republicans are going to cut districts that make it hard for Democrats to take back the majority in the House of Representatives. Going to make it hard for the Democrats to take back majorities in state legislatures, no matter how many votes they get. I mean, if you look at the state of Wisconsin, for example, the Democrats, they don't get nearly the representation in that state legislature that they do of the amount of votes they get. They pack the Democratic votes into small district into the districts that they're going to win. So the Democrats you know, have the safest of safe seats in the in the Wisconsin state legislature. And the Republicans can just win sixty percent of the seats, even if the Democrats get fifty one percent of the vote. That's not the way we need this country to be operating. We'll continue to have these draconian, you know, I, I don't know, fascist type policies from the right. I wanna see most the most amount of Americans vote. We had a very large turnout in the twenty twenty election because Every state realize we got to do something to let people vote from home because of the of, of of the coronavirus. Well, across this country, wherever Republicans have power, they are trying to do their best to make it so fewer people vote in 2022 and 2024 elections. And that's why Democrats in Congress, while they have the majority, need to pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. They need to pass HR1. They got to get these reforms. Enacted immediately, they got to create statehood opportunities for Puerto Rico and Washington D.C. so that we can add to the United States Senate. I think D.C. would be a Democratic uh, uh, Senate seats no matter what. Uh, Puerto Rico could go either way. Uh, Anybody who thinks that Puerto Rico is a slam dunk state for the Democrats should it be created is 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 fooling themselves. It's not the case, not even a little bit. That state goes back and forth between the statehood party and the independence party, which you know they have democrats and republicans in both of those parties so you know let let's see what actually happens i think the current governor of puerto rico is a republican the mayor of san juan is a democrat the biggest city in puerto rico but you know it's going to be a swing state it's going to it's going to be a swing state which quite frankly is a good thing swing states are a good thing you get you know if if you believe that 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 things shouldn't move too fast having a swing state that can go either way it is not a bad thing. Having swing districts in the House of Representatives where, the, where, where people don't just have to worry about their primaries, but actually have to worry about the general election. That is a good thing. I, I don't know why we accept that it's okay for one party to draw safe seats for themselves and that that's good. That is what has led us to where we are right now. These safe seats on both the left and the right, but quite frankly, the right does a much better job at drawing these districts so that they're safe for their own majorities no matter how many people vote for Democrats. We got to fix that. HR1 fix that. John Lewis Voting Rights Act fix that. We got to we got to make sure we do what we can to allow the most people to vote, to allow participation in our democracy. Republicans don't want participation. They don't win when more when more people come out to vote. That's clear. I mean, it's clear from this year, right? At least with the presidency and the Senate in Georgia, it's clear that they don't win if they've got to compete. They don't want to compete on a field of ideas. They want to just draw the, the map so they win. This is what's ha- what happens when you're a fanatic. When you're a fanatic, you don't care how you cheat. You don't care how you steal. You think that you're on God's side, even though you worship a false idol at CPAC. You build a golden idol to the former former guy, and you, you don't care. You don't care about truth. Ah, who cares about the truth? We're right. We know we're right. They know they're right because they don't know anything. And it's fanatical belief in dogma. It's fanatical relief. Belief in sloganeering. No, it's time for the Democrats to use the majority power they have and to get things done for this country, particularly making it so that people can vote. Making it so people who are disenfranchised have an opportunity to be enfranchised, empowered to do the right thing by their communities. Man, there are half a million people in Washington, D.C. that do not have representation in the Senate or in the House of Representatives. There are three million people in Puerto Rico that do not have representation in the House or the Senate. Why is that okay? Why is it radical to want to empower those people? Why is that a radical thought? It's not. It is pure democracy, something we need in our republic. We got to bring this to, to, a, to a head. That means we got to get rid of the filibuster. And, and, you know, look, like I have said before, maybe we don't get get rid of the filibuster for everything. Maybe we waive it on occasion. We waive it for this. We waive it for that. Maybe we just find a way so that Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema don't have to be called liars in their next campaign. We give them an out. Or maybe we just make it so you have to have the talking filibuster. I think I'd be the only. I I should run for Senate at some point because you all know I could talk forever. Maybe we make it so you got to talk your way through a filibuster, which is what it used to be. This closure thing is nonsense. It's not in the Constitution. The front, the founders were against it. If you read the Federalist Papers, this is a nonsense thing, and it needs to end. And I know it's going to come back to haunt Democrats. The Democrats won't have majorities forever, but they have a much better chance of maintaining their majority. If they get things done for the American people, you can't just say, well, I couldn't get it done. I needed 60 votes. No, the American people don't care. Get things done. Get the job done. Get the aid in the pockets of the people of this country. Get the bridge built. Get the airport built. Create Wi-Fi across this country for everybody. Create protections for people to vote now. Don't tell me you couldn't do it. You're in the majority. Make it happen. Time to make it happen. Time to end the filibuster. Time to move on from this you know, ridiculous Jim Crow error system that doesn't work for anybody. And is now used as a weapon all the time. It is not just an occasional thing, a filibuster. It is an all-the-time thing. And I, for one, have had enough of it. I really have. All right, I got a great guest tonight, Scott Dworkin. You know him. You love him. He's been on the show, I guess it was like two years ago, maybe three years ago. It's been a while. I don't know if he ever he's ever been on the podcast, frankly. His, he's been on the uh, Chris Hahn radio show, but I don't know if I had this podcast yet. So this might be your introduction to Scott Dworkin. He is uh, the executive director of uh, the Democratic Coalition. Great guy. Uh, we have a great interview, wide range of topics. Uh, so uh, you're not going to want to miss that. So stick around, and thanks again for all the support. Keep telling your friends about this program. Uh, We're growing every week. All right, listen to this, and I'll be right back with Scott Dworkin, and then I'll be back to to wrap it up in a little bit. Scott Dworkin is the executive director of the Democratic Coalition and the host of the Dworkin Report podcast. He's also, I guess I would say, a Twitter millionaire. You've got a million followers on Twitter, Scott, which is very impressive, quite frankly. Uh, I, 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 I always admire that. I have been working on my Twitter following and Scott's been very helpful to retweet me once in a while. And, and a few of his followers will say, Hey, yeah, yeah, that guy seems I like to cut of his jib. Scott, how you doing?
1: I'm doing well, brother. How about yourself?
0: I'll tell you what, man, it's warming up here in New York. Spring is just around the corner and I couldn't feel better. Uh, I'll feel a lot better once I get that shot in my arm and I could travel again. Uh, but beyond that, I'm, I'm feeling good. Scott, I'm watching what's going on in Washington this week with this Equality Act. And uh, I know that you have been spending a lot of time uh, posting videos of Marjorie Taylor Greene and stuff that have not been seen about this woman who is just a disgrace, I think, to Congress. Um, you know, what is your take on what's going on down there in D.C. with this Equality Act?
1: I think uh, we have a really great chance of passing it. Um, It's not going to be something that, you know, it's going to take, I guess, 50 plus one is what they're going to have to make it be. Um, I'm not sure why so few Republicans want to come on board for it, because it's not just about LGBTQI plus uh, communities. It's not just about that. Um, It's also about equality for people, ageism and sexism. Um, so there really isn't much excuse, and they're trying to act like we've we've destroyed. This is what Marjorie Taylor Greene is saying that we've destroyed women's rights. Uh, I mean, it, it's very crazy. Uh, it, it's the only way to paint it because it really it's it, you know it's the, the brink of insanity because it makes no sense to actually act like we we had any role in in doing anything like that because what they're doing is actually that. So they're doing another. I guess it would be a Trump trap where they try and act like the former guy is actually um, still in charge or something.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. To me, it's like they want to go back and start trying to fight the culture wars again, right? Right. They don't want to have debates about real issues because they're wrong on all the real issues. They're wrong on the culture war issues, but they could keep their evangelical base, you know, amped up uh, when they should just be fleeing them in droves and they, and they are fleeing them in droves. I mean, we're not in the droves. We'd like to see them, but a crack in the armor of, you know, 5% is death to the Republican party.
1: Right. Right. And, and, you know, it's, it's not just, and I want to make, be clear. She's a bigot. She's a racist. She's not a good human being overall, but like, We're not talking about just that. We're talking about a person who met at the White House to plan whatever rally or around that January 6th. One of the biggest persons to actually invite people to the rally. Uh, Also, with the violent rhetoric around that, um, you have a person who doesn't want people to be equal. And that's the you know, it's the hate. She had a uh, across the hall from her is a Democratic member of Congress, uh, Rep. Newman. And uh, across from Green's office and Rep Newman has a transgender daughter. So she put up a transgender flag in support of that outside her office. And it's a, uh, a, as opposition to that, Marge Green put up a sign and, and did this whole dramatic video putting up a sign that said there's only two genders, male. Or female. Yeah. And, and it's it's just the hate. They, they need the hate to drive because they have
0: nothing to stand on. There is nothing. No, by the way, Scott, it's not new that they've got nothing. Now they, like, they used to have nothing, but they had an ideology around nothing. Now they've thrown their ideology out the window, you know, the the low debt, low spending, because the last four years there's been as much spending and as much debt as any president in history. It's more than any president in history's country. So now they don't even have that to fall back on. So all they have is hate.
1: Right. And I, that, that's, that's all I can sell to. And that's why, as you see, people always get in this trap. And Trump's the only one who's survived it at least for four years. Marjorie Taylor Greene, person at that level, is not going to be able to be uh, politically survive this in regards to, um, you know, I, I, it's just too much. There's going to be too much piling. There's going to be too much looking at her past me too much focus. Republicans are going to hate the fact that she's going to look like the spokesperson for the entire party.
0: She reminds me of the Taylor Swift song, uh, Mean. All you are is mean. That's all she is. I mean, that sign, like there's no reason for it. You know, she could go out and vote however she wants on the Equality Act. Why are you putting that sign out when you know your neighbor has a trans daughter? I don't understand how you would do that. That's just mean. And that just doesn't make any sense to me. I, I, I I am blown away by it. You know, one thing I wanted to ask you though. So I've been struggling with this. I don't want to talk about her, even though here we are, we're talking about her. I hate giving her this oxygen. And I've noticed you've been doing a lot of research on her. You've been finding these videos of her that are are shocking, frankly. Um, You know, how do we as progressives balance the need to kind of not want to talk about her and yet you know, we really do need to expose her for who she is as long as she's still in the house. I, I, you know, I I wanted to ask you about that all day. That's like when I I knew you were coming on, I saw you posting about this stuff. You know, what's your thoughts on that?
1: I I think that there's got to be a balance. So a lot of times we'll do attachment in regards to if there's another reason why she's trending, then I attach to that. I respond to that. I add on to that. Right. I remind people of these other videos that we've put out and then put out new ones as well. So we don't try to proactively, we had before when we were removing her from committees. we did proactively make her trend and try and push her off the committees and release videos. Um, now it's more of like, you know, because of this controversy, she was, she had the air, like she she had the focus. Right. And so w- we want to make sure to not, not let her have the, have all of it. Right. You know I mean, like we need to take a, up as much as we can. And so, even though I'm literally bored with all of it after watching hundreds of hours of video of her, um, you know, I, I would I would rather not uh, watch her anymore. But it, the, the the fact of the matter is. I'd also rather focus on her than McConnell. Yeah. I want people to know the rot that is in their party. Well,
0: we should be hanging her around the neck of every Republican. That's exactly right. And that's how we expand the
1: majority in the House and the Senate is thanks to her. One of the reasons why the Equality Act is going to pass the Senate is because of her and her hate.
0: So you think it's going to pass the Senate. I, I, you know, it it needs 60 votes in the Senate, right? You can't pass. This this is not a reconciliation bill.
1: No, no. As of now, that's what it looks like. I I think we're closing in on like 56 or 57 right now, but I don't know for sure. This is moving fast and I'm sure that they will have a count soon. Um, But this is not something that someone's going to want to be on the wrong side of history. This is this is one another one of those momentous decisions, which will stick to these people forever. Every every senator that votes on it. So I do think that we could get the votes for this. Yeah, it
0: is amazing to me that anybody in this day and age would be opposed to this legislation. I mean, we are at a point in time where, you know, you poll any American. They don't care anymore. Like these 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 issues don't matter to To really, it's a very small group of Americans that care about this. Unfortunately, they are, you know, the the backbone of the GOP base right now.
1: Right. I I can't walk outside without a mask on, and they're worried about who's going to fight in what boys or girls sport. What, What are you talking about? Right. Like people are dying on the streets. This is half a million Americans have died because. I, I would assume that 80 percent or so have died because of the negligence of the former administration. Uh, it, it is not they, they are not on a moral high ground. They are not on a uh, patriotic high ground. There is no kind of high ground. There's no equilibrium there either.
0: No, and and by the way, I find it hard to believe that people are getting gender reassignment surgery so that they can get a scholarship to Penn State to play soccer. I just find that hard to believe. You know, it's just a, this is like, this this is another ridiculous argument by ridiculous people who have nothing good to say about anything.
1: Right. They'll have maybe one example of something that they didn't like, and uh, that's what they'll use. And, but there's not many instances. It's the same thing as the bathroom bill in North Carolina. Yeah. yeah. The same idea behind it. Make people feel uncomfortable. Here's an, a divisive issue where we can yep. push it, where people don't really care about it, but they'll cheer us on and I'll raise.
0: They've got money. nothing else to talk about. So they're going to try to make you fear the other. Let's talk for a minute about uh, the insurrection on January 6th. I, I mean, I, I've been watching the hearings this week. I'm sure you have as well where the Capitol Police and others have been discussing the events of that day. And I find it rich that Ted Cruz and Ron Johnson and Josh Hawley and others are even permitted to ask questions about this. It drives me crazy.
1: The interim chief of police for the Capitol Police said today, "Okay, and you know how Cruz and Hawley and them have been talking about Why are we having so much security? Look at all the money and resources we're dumping. Yeah. The acting chief of police today said that um, the same people affiliated with January 6th uh, are attempting to blow up the
0: Capitol building. Right. They want to blow up the Capitol. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So like, that's why we have the National Guard there. And because of y'all, by the way, if you if you wonder why we have them there, and look in the mirror, it's probably because of you. And, and so I, I would say that this is this is something where the dust hasn't settled yet. And as you are a New Yorker or whatnot, uh, uh, shortly after 9-11, there was a lot of like confusion and like, what the heck is going to happen next? Yeah, you've gotten hit by this. You know, we've got this now with the, the pandemic combined with it. It, it. It's harder to have a reaction and see what that reaction is without people wanting to go, you know, be outside. Um, So the insurrection is is, is really different when it comes to that. But people are outraged and they will want answers to everything that happened. And I'll tell you what, people are not in the Republican Party are not going to like what they find. No, see, see a lot of interactions As we've seen from videos that we released on Marjorie Taylor Greene, she had meetings at the White House discussing January 6th. There was planning around January 6th. Now, whether or not they knew it would become violent, it did become violent. So those organizers, the speakers, anyone that's been involved, anyone that funded it, anyone that talked about it, promoted it, like every single person that's affiliated with it, should, with no qualms whatsoever, they sh- they should be at least interviewed by the FBI. Yeah. Um. If not, if not arrested and charged, because we, we can never let this happen again. And and I'm telling you, one of the biggest things that I'm worried about is spillover in a on a, a more localized level, where it's like, oh, you know. Uh, we're, we have problems with this in North Carolina. So we're going to Raleigh. Like, I mean, this yeah. is the template that they're setting up. If they did it in the Capitol, they will do it.
0: Well, in- you know, I mean, look, they started with Michigan, right? They started with the big, you know, free Michigan rallies that Trump and others promoted and, and encouraged yeah. and everybody laughed. Oh, look at these guys in fatigues. Yeah. No, it turns out that they were trying and they were going to kidnap and kill the governor of Michigan And look, this is a real dangerous thing going on in this country right now. We have a group of people, and it's not an insignificant size number of people that are predisposed now to some sort of totalitarian form of government. It's ridiculous. I don't think I'd ever—I never thought I'd live to see this, frankly. I I worked in Congress on 9-11, and and I remember how we all unified around fighting that threat. And now we have one of the major parties they're like, no, 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 just move on. Nothing to see here. They're like Officer Bar Brady in South Park. Nothing to see here. Move on. No, there's a lot to see here, and some of it's right inside the Congress. The call in a lot of cases is coming from inside the house. Literally. I'm getting
1: I got threats from the Russian government and people with the Trump administration and Republican staffers on the hill laughed at my face about it. Uh, We have an administration now that was proactive about contacting about that. And so like we have we having a president that cares is going to
0: make a big difference overall. Yeah. Yeah. And I find it hard to believe that, you know, once this country gets vaccinated and the economy starts opening up again, I think there's a lot of pent up demand when the economy, when the economy opens up, it's going to be it's going to be something special. I think. How do you continue to attract these crazies when things start getting so good? What do you mean? I mean, once things get good in this country, you know, I mean, this is all built around a big lie, not just the big lie around the election, but the big lie that the Democrats are this party that's going to take away your rights and destroy the economy and create a communist government, which is just not the case. Once the economy opens up and people start going back to work and and money starts flowing in this economy, which it will, I think, this year. um, You know, I find it hard to believe that you're going to attract as many people as you as they are attracting to these movements.
1: Right. I think that there's going to be a big patriotic sentiment in the country. It's going to be anybody who is a contributor to spreading the virus will not be accepted in our society anymore. Um, People that were involved with the insurrection and the big lie won't be accepted in our society anymore. Uh, not in the public discourse. Right. People won't be running for office. They'll be shamed into a corner. I hope. I hope you're right, them.
0: Scott. I hope that they are shamed into a corner. But I just, the Republicans that I talk to, and, you know, I do work in Fo- at Fox, so I talk to a lot of Republicans, I, you know, they they see it as, like, this is kind of embedded in the party now. You saw it yesterday with that press conference with Kevin McCarthy and, and Liz Cheney, where Kevin McCarthy's like, yeah, Trump, keep him at CPAC. Liz Cheney's like, No. But, you know, Liz Cheney's losing that argument, right? She's within the party anyway. She's losing that argument.
1: I think that we need to remind ourselves who Liz Cheney, Mitch McConnell, Adam Kinzinger, and Mitt Romney are. You have legacies who have multiple connections within the intelligence communities, and you have people that also are military-based, like Kinzinger. These folks know where this is going in regards to insurrection. There's no doubt in my mind that people around Trump are going to get arrested for their role in planning the insurrection. I hope. I hope you're right. And that's what's going to happen, which is the downfall. And those people, Cheney, whose daughter of Dick, and then also uh, Mitt Romney, um, who's also a legacy, and, and Kinzinger, um, those will be the people who take over the Republican Party.
0: Right? I, I, Look, I hope you're right. You know, I like debating smart people who have different points of view to me. I, 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 you know, I I do it all the time. It used to be what I did for all the time. Now it's all like Trump, 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 and they're all just zombies of Trump and and everything he says is great. So I hope you're right. I hope that the Kinzinger's and the Cheney's who have legitimate conservative points of view not just i am a trump loyalist whatever he says goes uh you know is the future of the republican party i think that'd be good for america i just hope i just hope you're right man
1: i i you know i'm i'm hopeful about that i i think that this is going to be a rebirth here in regards to our country and i just i i and i guess the the reason he had to ask that question twice is because first of all, it's hard to grasp anything good. Right. Right. Like it's really hard to get that vision in there. And I'm just like confused immediately. Like, wait a second.
0: Me too. Once
1: we reopen, like it's been so long since we've reopened.
0: (laughs) I know. know
1: We do. But it, it, I think that it will be, I know this sounds maybe corny or cliche, but like literally, uh, love and the thoughts and seeing families reunite and, and, you're seeing the jab in the arm, um, I just got mine. It's my turn now. Congrats to get it. And, and so I, I, I'll tell you what, it was a moment of freedom where you uh, felt, oh my god, like I'm, I'm not going to die of this.
0: There you go. And, you it, know, I, I, that, that's big. It is. It, it's, it's an amazing thing. You know, I, I'm seeing some people get it. I can't wait to get it. I'm like number 240 millionth on the list, according to the New York Times. So I guess I'm waiting till June. <laughs> and I don't think it's going too well here in New York. It's not really very fast. You know, New York's got a lot of people. So it's just a lot going on here. Just, you know, talk for quickly for a minute about this commission they're setting up in Congress. I find it hard to believe that we could allow like Kevin McCarthy to appoint people to a commission. He's going to appoint people who are going to continue the big lie. I mean, these guys are continuing the big lie. You saw Steve Scalise on the Sunday shows this weekend, continuing the big lie. What do you make of this?
1: I think that there's got to be uh, rules of engagement within the committee and those rules have to qualify as everybody on this committee accepts the fact that president Biden won the election um, and that, you know, b- basic tenets where they, uh, if they don't agree on all those facts, um, they should, they can't be part of the committee. And I think that is a huge qualifier. And if they have that, use that as hurdle um, for it, I think it can be a successful commission. It's going to have to be bipartisan. and right. I think it, it should be. Uh, it shouldn't be overwhelmingly democratic. Um, but at the same time, like, let's be real. We've been told lies for years by the Republican Party. They've been using the government to put a stamp on propaganda, and that's all the House Intelligence Agency. I mean, like, I'm just some dude, and I uncovered enough stuff on Devin Nunes for him to have his fake recusal. That's how embarrassing he is. Yeah. Like, you, you, it, it's it's really. This is just going to be. Yeah, there's going to be that part of things. There's going to be somebody on there who feeds stuff back to Trump, I'm sure. But it's it's a little different how Democrats will uh, have the rules of engagement. They're not going to let um, you know somebody who should not be on there on there. And I don't I don't think that uh, McCarthy will just be able to outright pick. They may make it seem like he he picked it. And they have to accept whatever, but I doubt that that's the way
0: it is. Well, he's going to put somebody on there that's insane, right? Absolutely. There'll be there'll be some Sean Hannity type Jim on Jordan, there,
1: and Jim Jordan. There's got to be somebody who acts like they're serious of some sort, so like Jim Jordan, Isa, or like there's
0: there's a bunch of well, well, they would be better off. Don't you think they'd be better off if they made it like the nine eleven commission where they didn't have current elected okay. officials on it. They had people who are retired, out of office, military types, uh, FBI types who are retired, elder statesmen and women.
1: I, I think it has something to do with the uh, ex- expedited process. Um, I think there's going to be something like that that's done as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of different investigations going on right now. But, um, I, you know, with, with this, uh, obviously... You know, it's going to be something that it's going to be if, if you put someone who's not serious on it, it's just going to make a mockery of yourself because this is a super serious process. And to act like there's conspiracy theories or allow the spouting of it, um, that'd be a, a complete disregard for our democracy. Yeah, there's no chance that no chance. Speaker Pelosi lets that happen. Well, Let's, let's hope um,
0: you're let's hope you're right there. OK, I only have a few minutes left with you uh, yeah. and I want to talk to you about Trump's tax returns. The Supreme Court ruled that they could be turned over to the Manhattan District Attorney. They were turned over to the Manhattan District thir- on Thursday, today. Um, and, uh, you know, you were on this a long time ago. You've been you've been on top of this a long time ago through the, the various channels that you publish in. Uh, and I just want to pick your brain a little bit and get your thoughts on what we're going to find here.
1: Yeah, I think we're, one of the key facts, and this is what we dug up uh, via Huffington Post, um, five years ago was he he was in New York City and there was a scheme to assess property value and that property value was either higher or lower based on whatever make him the most money um, and that was different on different documents but the person who was the assessor was in on it and that was an elected official named Alan Hevesi back in the day. Alan Havesi. Um, yes that's correct. Yes. Uh, and then there's so so anyways long story short the scheme would go up, and, and then Vesey uh, 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 got arrested, and there were uh, Elliot Brody, one of his donors, also got arrested for the scheme, and, and uh, they they basically uh, everybody got caught but Trump in regards to the scheme, and, and then next thing you know, Donald Trump sued the city of New York for half a billion dollars for the scheme that he was in on. Wow! And not only that, then. New York settles with uh, Trump to the tune of a 10 year tax abatement where it's scrolled down. So it's like 100 percent off all taxes for the first year and the second year. And, I mean, like it was a gigantic settlement, but they used tax money to do it. Wow. Um, and so that was one of the templates as to how it was done legally in regards to him trying to make money off of his own criminal schemes that he acted like he wasn't a part of. Now you have Sy Vance, the Manhattan DA, with millions of documents in his hands, underlying evidence, uh, statements and uh, progress and and reports and meetings and notes from executive meetings. We're talking about everything for the past eight years that we know of uh, via the American government. Um, So it's not going to be everything that, you know, his money hiding in India or China or, or across the world. But it will be, you know, the the core companies that operate out of the United States um, and most of his his visible money as well. So he's in a world of hurt because he trusted the wrong people. He trusted criminals is what he's going to say in reality. I think that we're looking at a group sort of charge. I don't know if it would be called a Rico or, or whatnot, but he would be the gang leader in this scenario. Wow! Um, I think they're going to get him for tax fraud uh, and they're going to get him for very specific laws that are crystal clear around tax code. Um, and, and there's, I, Without a doubt, it's going to be him and Don Jr. Um, I, I don't know, you know, again, Donald Trump's been a person who coordinated with the FBI for decades as an informant. So I'm not I wouldn't be surprised as to whether or not um, he tries to make some deal by throwing dozens of people. Well, out.
0: I don't know how he can make a deal to, to, to throw anybody over. He was the president yeah, of the United it. States. The problem with yeah, becoming yeah. the president of the United States is you are you are the top of the pyramid. You're the guy they want to get now.
1: <laughs> right. And there's money and there's money in there. You know, some of this is setting a precedent for other local areas that have been screwed over by Trump as well. Um, you know, New York's not the only place that he's built it. Oh, man. You know, we're talking about, we're talking about uh, over a dozen states.
0: I, I, you know I, mean? I got to tell you, Scott, this is going to be an interesting couple of months and a lot of accountants are going to get a lot of airtime <laughs> dissecting these things. Scott Dworkin. Follow him on Twitter. He's at Funder on Twitter, the Dworkin Report. Of course, he's the executive director of the Democratic Coalition. Scott, it's been great having you here.
1: Chris Hahn, keep doing what you're doing. You're a true patriot. I thank you for all of your work that you do, especially on Fox News. I appreciate you, brother.
0: I appreciate you as well, my man. All right, stick around. I'll wrap it up after this. I love having Scott on. He's uh, very knowledgeable, knows what's going on, and knows how to fight it. You know, I mean, these people are, you know, these these insurrectionist types within the Republican Party. That, that is the Republican Party these days. It needs to be addressed. Uh, I'm looking forward to see what happens with this commission they put together and see if they have a Jim Jordan type on who's going to just, you know, let's talk about how the election was stolen. I mean, that was the thing about CPAC to me. It was all a weekend of lies. And I called Matt Schlapp out about it on uh, Thursday, Friday, today, Monday. I, I mean, I've been debating that guy or his wife basically ever since the election. I, I don't know if I've debated anybody other than Matt Schlapp and Mercedes Schlapp. <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy on Fox. I've been on a lot, uh, but I've been on a lot with Matt. and And, you know, it's funny. When Matt and I uh, are together, I-, I tend to like Matt. He's a jovial, nice guy, and his wife's a very nice guy. I, I don't know what their deal is with this guy because they weren't with Trump in the 2016 primary, not even a little bit, until he won, and then they were, and I think that goes for most Republicans. I guess you know their principles don't matter as much as winning to them, and that you know drives me crazy. Uh, it just drives me crazy. Because I'm sorry, Hillary Clinton was not that much worse in their eyes for their issues. It just disgusts me. She would have done no harm to this republic. This guy harmed the republic. I mean, they want to talk about his accomplishments. You know, even though only uh, 67% of attendees at CPAC wanted to see Trump run again, and 55% would vote for him over others in a primary, so that's even smaller number, 97% of them liked his policies. What policies? I mean, the policies that led to half a a million Americans dying of COVID-19, 17 million jobs disappearing in this country. Those policies? Is that the policies they liked? What happened to conservatives who liked free trade and lower debt? This man increased the debt more than any one-term president in history of this country. And look, I am not a person who dwells on the debt. You know that. I think that I'm more concerned about inflation. As long as inflation is not going up dramatically, uh, increasing the debt, especially in a time of crisis like the one we're in right now, it should not be an issue. I'm all for the $1.9 trillion spending plan. I would have made it $3 trillion. I would have just figured it out. Let's build some, let's, you know, let's never let a crisis go to waste. Let's Let's build roads, bridges, tunnels, whatever. Get people back to work. I mean, our infrastructure in this country is so old and outdated. You travel around the world. You know, the airports and the and the roads are, are in much better condition. I'm driving around New York right now, and I haven't, you know, to be honest, haven't been doing a lot of driving since COVID, but I just driving around on roads, main roads out where I live are in horrible condition, and I got it. Every state and local budget is devastated due to COVID-19, so this package is going to give some relief to that, but we should double or triple. The aid to improving infrastructure around this country and get these roads up to modern standards. I mean, I I, I sometimes drive around. And I go, what is going on here? Potholes as big as the car. It, it's it's insane. I, I can't imagine how many people are losing tires right now um, uh, out here in New York. Uh, it's 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 a lot of insanity. So, you know, always good to have a, a bright guy on like Scott, and I'm really excited about uh, that. I hope you enjoyed that interview and. Uh, you know, follow him on Twitter. Not that he needs my help. He's a Twitter millionaire. He's at Funder on Twitter. Uh, so check him out there and, and check out his podcast as well. Uh, you know, Scott's a good, smart guy. And the Democratic Coalition is doing good work around the country, you know, pursuing the progressive agenda. So uh, let's keep that up. And, and I want to remind you guys to, to, to keep supporting um, the causes that you supported over the last two years. I know that Trump's gone and it's very... Easy for us to kind of slip back into that comfortable, easy chair uh, and not worry about elections. But this is what gets Democrats in trouble. We forget about the off-year elections and, you know, a lot of local elections around the country. Uh, If you live in New Jersey, they have state elections in New Jersey this year and in Virginia state elections, Uh, but local elections everywhere. And then in 2022 is the midterms and the Democrats can't be caught falling asleep during the midterms as they have many times in the past. Republicans don't sleep through the midterms and Republicans around this country are doing everything they can to suppress the vote and make it harder for people to vote. So Democrats are going to have to work harder in this midterm than they've ever worked before in their lives. So do not be lulled to sleep by the quiet that is the Biden administration. I got it. We're not waking up disgusted every day anymore. We don't have that. Maybe Monday was the first day we saw anything to be disgusted about because Trump was out there. Maybe that's the whole plan. They won't announce he's running for re-election until after 2022 so that liberals are not motivated to come out and vote in those midterms. We've got to vote in the midterms. We've got to organize in the midterm. People like Scott are out there doing it. We have got to do it as well. Do not be lulled to sleep. That will kill us. These local elections are important. These state elections are vital. We've got to take back state houses. We've got to fight. We've got to push back against ridiculous partisan gerrymandering in the redistricting process. You know, showing up, being loud, petitioning, calling, organizing helps. I don't know that it's going to solve all of our problems in redistricting, but it might solve some of them. It might make it harder for them to create majorities that are insurmountable. We've got to do what we can In this country to stay on top of this We can't go to sleep Please Do everything you can Stay active, stay motivated And stay in touch with me I'm uh, at Christopher Hahn on Twitter ChristopherHahn.com I've got an email there I really do appreciate all the support Tell a friend about this podcast if you like it And I want to remind you now As I always do to seek the truth Question everyone and everything Even me Seek the truth I know it's out there and I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast.